there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Book your service, MOT, or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk. Let's go! Well, are the Euros 2028 on their way to the UK and specifically here in Glasgow at Hampden Park? Yep, we're one of the stadia entered as part of the bid joined by the UK, Scotland, Ireland for the 2028 title well two guys who played for Scotland Peter Grant is with us tonight and Barry Ferguson Barry we loved Euro 2020 being in it 2028 being here part of it at Hamden would be wonderful yeah it would be it'd be great I, I see Ian Maxwell was, was says that it would be an upgrade if it is going to come and so hopefully um, that would be moving the stands behind the goals <laughs> closer to the, the pitch that is the only problem I've ever felt I'm sure Grant would um, agree with me um, I have played in it when the atmosphere's been electric but sometimes when I've played there it's it's been um, the atmosphere hasn't been the best so hopefully it does come to the, the UK and Ireland um, in 2028 It was rocking a few weeks ago against Spain as we all know it could be coming here Peter it could be a 17 million upgrade now when you think about the Tottenham Stadium I know that was a billion puts it in perspective but wouldn't it be great to have some of these top games here in Glasgow well, I would spend that money on a training centre, to be perfectly honest right. with you. That's yeah. what I would do. And I would let the games be at Celtic Park and Ibrox because I think they've got a better atmosphere at this moment in time. And there's no getting away from that. I don't know the reasons why, obviously. Um, I'm surmising the SFA obviously want the money from it and I understand that. But definitely atmosphere-wise, you'd definitely be seeing Celtic Park and Ibrox and I would spend the money on a training facility for the national team, which obviously had the headlines a couple of weeks ago. That's what I love about working with you two. I never know what you're going to come up with, both of you. <laughs> He's tackled me in the first minute. Right, James, can we start the intro again? <laughs> and other things happening today. Well, Rangers fans, there could be somebody leaving the club and it could be, could be Ross Wilson. Nottingham Forest looking for a new director of football and he is on the hit list. Could he be on his way, Barry? It's been controversial. It's been mm. tough for him. Uh, could he be on his way well, down? Well, I imagine if it... If it is true and Nottingham Forest want Ross Wilson, I would imagine Rangers would want it done quickly because it's a big summer ahead. Um, there's there's a, a a bit of surgery needing done. I, I know they're probably down the line with, with some of their recruitment, but if Ross Wilson is to leave, I would imagine Rangers would want it done as quickly as possible and then get something done to replace them so they can get these deals um, over the line because, as I said, I think it's going to be a busy next two or three months for Rangers in the transfer front. Yep, because he and the manager are going to be so busy. The manager says he's happy with the budget and the plans. Uh, would this knock them off course? Because it has to be a huge summer, as Barry says, for Rangers. No, I don't think so, no. because I think it's the club in general that usually have these things going in place. And, and it's not just in the last few months. It's the last few years I've been trying to build to that, getting the finances in place. I'll not take away the problems we have here that you can't afford the best players. You know, so you have to shop where you're going to shop so whoever comes in and does the job is going to have the same pro problems that Ross have got I'm not saying Ross has not made the decision he's saying oh well, Barry Ferguson should come here as a player probably couldn't afford Barry Ferguson 
at that particular time so that's not going to change and listen he's got, I was down in England when Ross was there he had a very good reputation especially at Southampton he'd done well at uh, Huddersfield all these places uh, Rangers the biggest problem you have here you're in the limelight 24-7 you know and you have to be number one and as long as you're not number one it doesn't matter how good you're doing your job or how much work you're doing in the background if you're not number one it doesn't matter and everybody's wanting you out and I'm sure the Rangers fans that, that we hear the calls from and everybody talks about Ross they'd be glad to see him go I'm not so sure because I think financially that doesn't take away that problem. Once the finances are better, then you can start saying, well, if it's an even keel, then we'll see how people's doing their job correctly. Sunshine's out today in Glasgow. We're up for it, guys, aren't we? Absolutely. Peter, we haven't seen you since the weekend. He's still smiling, Barry. <laughs> Barry, we're still talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, do you want to draw a veil over <laughs> Peter, we'll give you your moment in that sunshine shortly. You were right. Celtic winning on the day and 12 points in it now with Peter Grant. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney, taking calls 0808 17 17 700 on the line now. Thanks for waiting there. It's Paul, a big Rangers fan. Evening, Paul. Evening, Paul. Evening, Peter. Evening, Barry. Evening, Paul. How you doing, Paul? So, what are you feeling tonight? I, um, I'm still getting over the disappointment <laughs> of the weekend, but um, I just on that point, um, and a wee point I can add about Ross Wilson as well, but my main yep. point was um, just about the way Rangers are set up and I'm kind of going to moan about it, right? And okay. Because I'm kind of scunnered by it. Um, and I've been saying that this show maybe just before the, the game had took place. So mm-hmm. I was a bit excited because I thought, I heard rumours that there was going to be a bit of change and maybe playing a false number nine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because, like, here's what I'm going to say. It's a bit like the definition of madness. Yep. You do the same thing again and again and again and you expect different results. Yep. Now, here's my point. He continues to play Ryan Kent, who I think... No, we just have to look at the Europa League run. He played some fantastic games and he, he ripped Borussia Dortmund apart. But he's not pulled off this season. Just a big disappointment for seven million pound. Really annoyed. I thought he'd nowhere in the game. Couldn't see him at all. Yeah. Guys, the same formation. I'm fed up seeing the same thing. The four-two-three-one. It's a cross into Barisic. It's a cross into Cavanier. We play the same way all the time, and we're expecting something against different against the rivals. Is Look, I'm not a professional. Peter and Barry have got a lot more experience than I do in that, that system, but I just think, from a punter's point of view and, and watching my mates and things like that, we're all saying the same thing. It's just the same thing again and again and again. And Barry, what would you say? Well, I spoke about it on Monday or straight after the game. I thought Rangers' approach was good. They were aggressive. They were on the front foot. I just thought in the final third we didn't get enough out the the, the forward four. Um, and and that's why they're in the team. They're the guys who who are in the team to make a difference. And I don't think Rangers created enough chances and peppered um, Joe Hart's goal. Um, that that's what my feeling. I, from the defence to the midfield and the way they pressed, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But when they had possession, they didn't create too much, which was uh, was a disappointment uh, for me. And I'm sure when Michael Beale looks back on the game, he'll he'll say the same thing. Peter, what would you say to Paul and his feeling of it's uh, it's Groundhog Day? No, I tend to agree. I was surprised Morello's played. Uh, there's no getting away from that because I think the likes of Todd Cantwell and that were more concerned about stopping Callum McGregor. And people talked about that. That was a good tactic as if this was something new. Listen, you've got to stop Callum getting on the ball, but is that not a midfielder's job? You know, for me personally, these guys can help out, yes, defensively against the ball, but you're wanting the Cantwells and the Kents and who have been very disappointed, I agree with Paul, in the respect if he's a standard at Dortmund where he's, he's seen him perform at the highest standard to where he is now, 
in the performance he's consistently he's been nowhere near it different player absolutely and the likes of Cantwell I always think these guys Barry will tell you that when that guy likes to open the door he needs a runner he needs somebody if I got on the ball right, where's my pass forward not somebody who's just running away for the ball or running in areas that he's not going to get away for a Starfelt or, or Carter Vickers for sure they know him they've got his markings off it and I was surprised that, that and I know you get a lot of praise of saying oh they've done this and they've done that I was really disappointed Barry spoke about it there Joe Hart one save maybe in the game and Rangers supposed to have played well bear in mind I didn't think Celtic played particularly well and, and they gave the ball away a lot of times but very unusual for them especially early in the match but you look at the other side of it and Celtic were not supposed to have played as well as they did but McGregor had a hell of a lot more saves than Joe, uh, Joe Hart did yeah. that's for sure you know, Celtic had a lot more chances than Rangers did that's for sure and I think Celtic concentrated on doing their job well and you can still say to people to drop in and call them no, that's natural but not to be their main they seem more concerned with that than trying to win the game that's what I felt yeah, so, they need a bit of a ruthless streak mm-hmm. in the final third no doubt about it you need more and can they have that for the well they have to for the cup they, semi-final they need to, they need to find uh, I thought parts of it as I said I was looking at it and I'm like ah, right, that's a bit better because they were up against them but that's not that, that should be a given anyway you should be getting up against your, your opponent and, and making it difficult for them but I just expect more and I'm being greedy I want more off Tillman I want more off Kent I want more off uh, Cantwell I want more off uh, Morelos Sakala I could go on mm. and that's the, the disappointing thing for me watching the game on uh, Saturday for large parts I thought Rangers done well but at the end of the day when you get in that final third you need to be creating chances and as I said you need to be peppering Joe Hart's mm. goal um, more for me So Paul what would you do then for the game if you're choosing if you were Michael Beale, what are you going to do on the 30th of April? I know thanks for letting me back in there again because when I'm hearing Barry and Peter I'm desperate to come back in Go on. <laughs> to my voice but um, I 100% agree with Barry like, I, I thought we were more aggressive uh, it was much better in the sense that we weren't, weren't giving them a minute's piece and I, I thought it was a big difference from the, the, the cup final um, but I always think as much as Joe Hart Joe Hart gets a lot of credit for you know, he has pulled off some good saves I still think there's mistakes in the guy um, and I've always said for day one if you if you press them hard up the field, and it must be hard, I suppose, but they'll make mistakes, and, and you only seen it the other time at Ibrox, he made a mistake. And I See think Joe Hart, sorry, Paul, to jump shot. in, but actually, does he not def- deserve a bit of defence here, Peter or Barry? If you're Joe Hart, you're saying, wait a minute, you need to show me in the game. You've not shown me it. Joe Hart uh, dealt with what he, what he could. I know well, he lost two that, goals, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. I think Rangers and expects in a Celtic Rangers match. Yeah. He expects intensity to be yeah. so high. He's combative. You shouldn't even be thinking of that. Listen, I'll go back to a time when we were supposed to be a poor Celtic side. Every game we come off, Andy Gorham, God rest him, had to work. Every game. We and broke we, your heart so many we, times. We, yeah. we weren't as good. You know, we weren't as good as Rangers were. But every time they come off, they knew they were in a game. You know, and it didn't matter. He had to make save time after time. That's what I'm saying on Saturday. I'm going for personal experience. Mm-hmm. I look at Joe Hart. He never had a save to make. And I, to be perfectly honest with you, I know Rangers got a lot of praise for it. I thought Celtic are at a canter, really, without playing well. Because Rangers done what you would expect them to do, draw Penny Callum McGregor, as I say. But it was too focused on that. I can't remember a ball getting slid through, getting a shot at goal. I know that obviously people will talk about the, the Morella's goal and whatever. Listen, that's understandable, yep. but time and time again that's happened. And I said that was a problem you've got up here. It's always going to be the problem up here in decision making. But it still wasn't enough. 
it still wasn't enough. If anything, that should have galvanised them, Rangers, to go, listen, we've got a chance here. But it didn't. For me, they just sat back and thought, right, OK, fair enough. And I just think, with the front line, I knew for a fact when we were playing against like say McCoy and whatever, they could be out of the game for yep. 91 minutes and McCoy would score. Yep. You'd get one chance, he'd score. Rangers have nowhere anywhere near that with anybody that quality and I just don't see that in their team and that's why Celtic have always got a chance even when they're not winning because mm-hmm. Celtic front line are completely different they can bring guys off the bench to score more goals Is that fair Barry? Yeah I'm just thinking ahead for, for Rangers yeah. that their priority in the summer is the, the front three that's where the vast majority of the budget for me will need to go on um, And the jury's out in Tillman now isn't it? Yeah, but again, my defence for Tillman is, Paul, he's 20 years of age. This is his first real season. It is playing on a regular basis. That's where I, I can I can lay off Tillman a, a bit. But I still want more of him because I still think he's got the quality. But I think going forward, I think in the summer, Michael Beale knows that um, the forward line, that front three, is somewhere where he needs to strengthen big time. But I think if you look at it, Paul, it's all right saying about Tillman, Cantwell, whatever, Kent, whatever. Kent annoys you at times because he's in a position to cross and then he checks back and passes back and takes another touch or whatever. But if you're a Cantwell and that, you'd want runners. And if you've got a striker that makes that run between the lines, they're, they're capable if they pass. Tillman's capable of it, Cantwell's capable of it. But if you've not got a striker doing that... See, that's why I said, Granny, about... I- I would have. I was surprised at Morelos. I, I thought Sakala because Sakala yeah, just runs. Yeah. Listen, maybe five times out of ten he'll, he'll run offside. Yeah. But that one time he might get in because he, he'll go and he'll gamble a lot because he'll use his pace. But that is is definitely an area that Rangers need to be more ruthless in. Um, in the front, um, the final third. Sorry, I should say. Paul, as you said, it'll need to be different, need to be better for the game because Celtic wear off it compared to what they have been. Well, what would Paul's team? Uh, what Paul? Sure. What, what, what Paul's front line be? Paul, uh, if, he, if he was looking at the yeah, game I, and everybody's fully uh, fit yeah, Paul I'm talking sure, about if everybody's right. fully fit and you're going into that game yeah. what would you change in that front line there? I, I, I'm going back but again we've gone to lose in the sense that we've played the same system 4-2-3-1 I would play a 4-4-2 in my opinion um, I'd play it a wee bit different it might not suit Tavernier and Barisic's style of play but I, I would want two up front I'm, I'm fed up seeing he takes Morelos off and puts Kolak on or vice versa why not just put Morelos and Kolak up front fair enough there might be some in the training field that they don't seem to work off each other or maybe even Sakala up front I don't know just mix it up and do a wee bit somehow a wee bit different maybe that's madness for me but as I said we do the same thing all the time we always have gone up front and we always have I'm up, even David Martindale said it before he said we know fire Rangers dead easy cut off the wingers not you job done and, and he's right I mean, Peter, what would you say then? The difference is when you play one up top, you're three behind it, and even one of the sitters need to be making late runs. Need to just take off. Don't even think about getting involved in the play. Just take off and get beyond the the main striker. And that's something that that Rangers never done. And again, during the game, I thought there was one guy sitting on the bench. Now you can say he's 34 or 35, but this guy does it without even thinking. It's Scott Arfield. He goes and makes a late right. run, third man running. Doesn't really get involved in the build-up play, but bang, pops up inside that box and run, runs beyond. And if you ask any defender what they don't like is a midfield runner. They hate it, oh, centre-halves. Sure. Hate sure. it. Peter, would you think no, of that? I'm, I'm looking front? at it now because to give them that, would they change it at the back? I know it sounds mm-hmm. crazy because you've got yeah, Suter yeah. available now yeah. and you've got Davis, you've got Golson if he's back from injury. You've got three centre-backs there who could all play. Mm-hmm. 
you could play Tavani as yeah. a right wing back and Barisic as your left wing back. It gives you your two strikers because you can play anything in the middle of the field then. You know, and you're saying that you could play 3-4-3 three, three. if you want to do that. But I definitely think you could do that, play with your two strikers up the pitch. And they have the players available to do that. And as you say, if they keep doing the same thing, the same old, same old, as people say, you'll get the same results. And that's what's yeah. happened with Rangers, unfortunately, for the Rangers supporters and the players for them. For Celtic, it's great because Celtic are saying, well, they're not really doing anything. And to say that the only thing they've changed at the weekend was stopping really Callum McGregor going the ball, I don't think that really worked. I mean, I think Callum had more touches than anybody. I think him and Alistair Johnson in the first period were probably Celtic's best two players because everybody else kept turning the ball over. But Alistair Johnson and uh, Callum McGregor were still Celtic's best players and they were saying, oh, they've done that really well. I think Rangers have got to be looking for more than that. They've got to be a bigger threat to Celtic. They've got to work Joe Hart much more often and that just didn't come at all. And that, that's the way you're judged. You have to win the games when you represent Celtic Rangers. You have to win the games. You have to make the goalkeeper make saves. And we said that prior to the game. You know, you'd have to have shots on target, win your tackles, win your... Yep. You know, basics, which we would think are basics. But that's the demand that's put on you. Half of the wins I had over Celtic, we were, we were very poor. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, very poor, but you find a way. Mm-hmm. You, and again, if you only get two or three, four chances, you've got to be ruthless with the, the chances. And I, I think that's something that Michael Beale will be disappointed Absolutely. looking back in the game on Saturday. Paul, did you see this uh, that Stephen Gerrard has been interviewed by the League Managers Association? And in it, he said that um, he admits that his re- exit from Rangers was with regret. And he said that the coaching staff, some of them, were eager to go to Aston Villa. I don't know if you've read it yet, so I won't read it all out, but it is there, it's available. Um, But he said he left, what was that, November 2021 with regrets, obviously early in the season, and only, what, five months after winning the title? Oh, I I read that, I did read that, actually. Um, I've got massive respect for for Stephen Gerrard. I mean, to be honest, as much as when Broncos got us to the Old League final, Gerard brought professionalism but he brought he brought the standards back to Rangers yeah. you know we went through the doldrums for a few years and now I'll never take that away but the guy made us difficult to beat against Celtic he brought the standards and they're much much better um, and he gave you a confidence and he gave you that title that you'll never forget need to take a quick break thanks Paul next we're off to Bathgate 0808 17 17 700 the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors book your service MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk let's go Go Radio Football Show Paul Cooney Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant a lot of calls coming in 0808 17 17 700 we'll get Peter's take on the champions elect the defence champions and uh, 12 points in it now with only 7 games to go we'll talk Celtic in a moment or two but George has been on from Bathgate we were speaking a few moments ago about what Rangers need to do this summer and George is on the line good evening George how are you doing boys all right? good, evening, good thanks good yeah. good evening how are you doing George so George what's on your mind tonight I, I mean I was, say, I was listening to what you were saying there a minute ago and uh, it's maybe it's maybe a wee bit of, I don't know if it's the right thing to say but I think Michael Beale's getting the best out of the players that's there um, I think they're just not good enough, Barry. I think that Ryan Kent was he was just a, a missing man on Saturday, uh, and for anybody to go missing in, your, in the, one of the biggest games of your season, or maybe not the biggest game of your season, possibly the uh, semi-finals, the biggest game of your season, but uh, one of the biggest games of your season against your biggest rivals, not even to kick the ball. Um, I mean that tells you that tells you everything for that guy. I would just I wouldn't play him again. I said that the other night, and I really wouldn't play him again. I would I'd put him on the bench and just let him find another club at the end of the uh, summer. But apart from that, I mean the guy that's there, um, we need improvements. We need there's no wholesale changes. I don't think we need six and seven and eight 
seven and eight players. I think we need boys to strengthen our team. But I think Michael Wheel's probably getting the best out of the guys that's there. Um, and if we get guys to improve that front line, because I think I don't think that Kolak will be a number nine either. I think we'll bring in a number nine. Um, so that's an improvement there. Ryan Kent, uh, we need somebody to improve Ryan Kent. Because I think Ryan Kent's a good player. Uh, but his stats are absolutely shocking for the amount of games he's played. And, and the boy right isn't my favourite player in the world, but I think he's got better starts for minutes played. But the minutes are so few for so few for him. Barry, what would you say first of all then about Ryan Kent? You've had a few days to think about yeah, it. Yeah, listen, I've always been a, a huge fan of, of Ryan Kent, but again, I'm not I'm not seeing enough of it. I want to see goals. I want to see more assists. Am I been too greedy? Probably are, but that's just I think he's got it in him. But I, I said, come the summer. I think uh, you'll see Ryan Kent uh, move on, and I think Michael Beale knows, as I mentioned earlier on, but George has just mentioned the front three for, for Rangers is so important. Not just a number nine, but also um, guys with genuine pace and like the width in, in a game. So that's the areas where I think you'll go go and um, strengthen. In terms of Ryan Kent, no playing at the weekend. Who, my only issue is who do you play? Who do you put in? In his place, he put a Sakala. Cantwell can go over to the left. Um, I heard Granite saying a few mm-hmm. times that that's where he played quite a bit for for Norrie. So it'll be interesting to see what he he does on Saturday because I'll bet the game, so I'll be I'll be watching <laughs> it closely. You'll be at the match caller. Yeah, looking forward to it. Go back to that in a minute or two. Peter, what would you do? You know Todd Cantwell so well from your time at Norwich. Well, he definitely can play there, right? But as I say, it doesn't. He can still create, but then you'll have got you have someone that takes the chances. What Todd could do well was step him inside and have a shot at the goal or put a good cross in the box. And he scored goals for that position as well. I'm looking at it and you've got to look at like say Brian Loudrup making the comment the other day there. He was looking at Jota's stats compared to Ryan Kent's. It was horrendous compared to Jota's. And if you're putting like for like, which people tend to do up here, you're thinking it's night and day. Goal scored and assists compared to Ryan Kent's. And that tells you enough. And as I say, sometimes I'll get sympathy because it depends on who your number nine is. And I must admit... I've got to look at Kolak and say, okay, get injured at a time, but he scored nine goals or whatever it was in 12 games or something like that. So at the end of the day, you've got to say, at that moment in time, he was your best striker. You know, there is absolutely no doubt of that. You've unfortunately, the roof's not been available uh, for Rangers. But I definitely think you could still create, but if you've not got a natural goal scorer, it's still a problem. And I don't think they have that at this moment in time. And people keep saying about Morellas, Morellas, Morellas. It's no good enough. You know, it's, that's the way it's been. It's, it's not been consistent enough as a striker. When you look at the, the stats, the other strikers who have got to win things, the Kyogos and all this, this world, these are the guys that are winning. So you've got to be matching their stats. You've got to be right up there with them. As I keep going back to, even when we were in the poor Celtic team, if we had a good strikers, you know, they all scored massive goals. Mm. We had a year, I think we scored nearly 100 goals, but it was Brian McClare, Alan McAnally and Mo Johnson Mo, yeah. and Mo so if so, Rangers had see, Kyogo see in terms of Kyogo story yeah. that's probably the quietest I've seen Kyogo in a game that I've watched but the difference is in big moments he produces the goods yeah. he's had two goals but Barry you see his movement is brilliant yeah. oh, he's phenomenal he's, that's the two centre halves I bet you they go home he and get, night it, do you know what I like about him see inside the body he, he gambles quite a yeah. lot and that, that's what goal scorers need to mm. do they need to gamble sometimes they might not get it but they'll go and they'll keep trying and keep trying and, and that's what he, what he, Kyogo um, does so listen it's an eight number nines we've spoken sure. about it mm. they're so hard to find they cost probably the most money absolutely, absolutely. and that's so why that, isn't it yeah. so Michael Beale has got a big job in his hands I do believe that he's close to signing one I, that I don't know who it is mm. 
So it'll be interesting to see. You'll find out on Saturday, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, but it is an area. Yeah. A number nine is um, is high in the priority list for me. George, how you would love a, a, somebody like a Kyogo who can convert pressure into goals out of nothing? I think it'd be strikers out there that we can pick up. But you were saying there about how I would play the team. I would go with uh, Candle on the left, Sakala on the right, mm. and I would put... Um, See, see, in terms of Michael Beale's recruitment, January, I think the two players that he's brought in have definitely improved. Cantwell, I like. I think he'll, he'll only get better. Raskin, I, I like good football player, but a devilment about him as well, which I like, which Grant will tell you, you need to have as a, a midfielder. Um, so I'm confident that if he's got the, the funds which he has says that he's got, um, he'll bring in the right players. I think that as well, you know, and it's amazing how quickly a team can change with a few signings. Mm -hmm. You know, the right ones. It's got to be the right ones. They're, they're so important. And that's what I'm saying. You can have all the best players up to your number nine, but if you've not got a number nine who scores goals and doesn't make the runs, and that's what I was saying about Kyogo, if you're watching his game, even though he was quiet in the game, but his movement's brilliant. His runs long, he comes short. We've said it many times. He never gives them a moment. When the ball dropped, who else was on the move? You know, when it came back, who else? Nobody. Him. He's moved, moved in the way and he's Tane Davis and then he's jumped back out. First touch, bang, it's in the back of the net. It's a genuine pest, isn't uh, Absolutely. He? That's what he is. And wants to score. But I'm saying, big O's the same, to be fair to O. O knocks in your backside, you know you're playing against him. Rangers don't have that. You know, O comes on and the next thing, the centre half will be lying in his backside somewhere. You know, you're thinking, blooming hell, don't like playing against him. He wants to get in the middle, he wants to go and fight people and let them know you're in a game. And you need to have that mixture he players up the front because at the end of the day you can defend as much as you want you can drop back in and that's why I agree about Tillman I agree with George in the respect of Tillman can play there is absolute but to get the best from him you'll need somebody else in front of him so they can when he picks up that area he can either create a little bit of magic or it takes defenders away from the area he wants to play in so it gives him that little bit of space whereas at this moment in time I feel they've got the likes of Cantwell and Tillman more worrying about the opposition and instead of the opposition worrying more about them that's what I feel is that fair Barry? they were worrying more about you know, stopping Celtic than well, creating I, I think to, to stop Celtic I mean that if I'm being honest with you, most times I've seen Celtic give the ball away and get harassed mm. in a game but look if you stop Callum McGregor you do stop Celtic generally for playing um, but again when you get the ball you need to focus on your game and forget about where Callum McGregor is you need to influence the game yourself mm. and, and that's why you've got to give Tillman uh, he's come in for a bit of criticism but I, I've been speaking to a few people and they, they weren't happy with his performance but I go back to it he is only 20 yeah. and I know you don't get a lot of time up here that's just the way <laughs> it is in the west of Scotland I totally buy that and I know that my, myself but um, I, I think there's a, a real player in there in Tillman 
George, thanks for that call. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Peter Grant, Paul Cooney and Barry Ferguson. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. Peter, we haven't said to you then, what do you feel about that on Saturday and mentioning, you said Celtic not at their best, um, but how did you feel about that overall and 12 points in it? What would you say about Ange Postacoglu and his team? Well, I said a few months back, Paul, I thought it was over anyway. You know, it was clarified at the weekend. I think Celtic have played better. You know, they turn the ball over uh, quite a bit. But that's the, the good teams do. When they're seeing they don't play well, they find a way. They find a way to still do things correctly. As I say, probably in that early period, it was probably only Alistair Johnson and Callum that actually done their job well as in keeping the ball and moving the ball. What do you think was wrong, Peter? Can it, can, I mean, well, that sometimes happens, yeah. Paul, because sometimes there's a bit of sloppiness comes in, you know, and then it goes on to the next one. We're watching the Champions League, it was like Umpacana last night. Yeah. He had some unbelievable passing in the game. Then twice he was caught in quick succession and he had a five-minute spell. You know, it was unbelievable. He cost two goals in yeah. that period. And that sometimes got to happen. And that happened with Celtic a little bit. They gave the ball away, got it back, gave it away again, got it back. And that's what I'm saying. Nine times out of ten, when you're playing against the best sides, they don't give you it back. They punish you. And that's when Rangers, when Celtic, people say, oh, Rangers were a lot more, whatever. And I'm thinking, well, tell me where. Mm. Never had enough shot at goals. Never. Look, let's no, not kid sure. ourselves. You know, they never had enough shots in goal. So that's what you're judged on is in both boxes. How well you defend, you know, how many times do you take your chances, how, many, how much do you work the opposition goalkeeper, all these things. In the middle of the pitch, you know that's always going to battle. You come out on top of that. You've got to be looking to pass forward. And I didn't think Rangers had enough forward passes in the game, as I say, because it just doesn't happen. When I look at Celtic, I'm thinking they're trying to attack. Jota at times is wanting to go 1v1, taking them on and quite willing to do that. The Celtic... Celtic looked comfortable not playing well and that, that's that's an, an, an unbelievable gift to have and I think that success has brought that as they felt comfortable not playing as well as they, and they still found a way and I think that says enough about the team Did you think the manager might change it at half time given it was 1-0 and then 1-1 just on half time Moy didn't have his normal game I mean oh, he's been out with injury did he look fully fit match fit for you? Well, he didn't play as well as he has done you know that's, that happens you know uh, there's no getting away from that but I've no doubt because the manager had no doubts that was his best team to start the game so half time if you're going to come in and make a substitution mm. that means there's a doubt in you he knows the moments to make the time and to do the changes he knows the moments and they're still winning as you say so it's so important you know you have that belief in your players you trust them and that, that's what I'm saying it's a team of players or a squad of players that the manager seems to trust well you can see that with their performances they know if they give the ball away somebody will be on to them get on with it produce try and play better try and pass better and they'd players I thought stood up at important times without being at their best and I keep going back to it people were saying about Rangers this that and I'm thinking never worked Joe Hart never worked him so let's not kid ourselves did they deserve any more out of the game Celtic scored three and I'm saying they didn't they play particularly well Alan McGregor had a lot more saves as well as top of the three goals as well remember so that tells you enough on us and that's Celtic playing below the standards that they have set Celtic's recruitment has been, what's the word, phenomenal in the last 18 months or so. And one of the best they've got is Alistair Johnson. That's difficult. We made it difficult on ourselves. Um, we had a good game plan going into it, I think, and we strayed a little bit from it. Um, but we just kept using that crowd. And when you have a crowd like that that's just that passionate um, and gets behind you, uh, can raise you uh, to levels that, you know, you didn't even think you could reach. They can always just help us dig in. And guys like Jota chipping in, Kyogo, of course. And, you know, no task is, is too big for us out here. In some recruitment, hasn't it, Barry? And Alistair Johnson, a player we knew about him at the World Cup for yeah, Canada, but really good going yeah. forward, no doubt about it. 
suspect, I think, at corner kick. I don't think he's strong enough at corner kicks um, defensively, but he has been a... Listen, you know he's a good player when people forget about Juranovic, who for me I thought was a very good uh, full-back, but he's come in and he's... He's a, he's a real athlete. That's what he is. He's up and down that right side. Peter? I thought he's done tremendous. And because it's different, and it's funny because we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, and I think even last week, we were talking about because of the way Celtic play, it's different for a fullback nowadays. You see Guardiola talking about Kyle Walker the other day, saying he can't play it. Because it is different. You're seeing John Stones now talking about John Stones, how well he does it. He can receive the ball in there as a centre back. And the manager said, well, if he can't do it, he can't play. Johnson's went in there and been excellent. But I think he's got a wee bit about him. That's the biggest thing I like for him. You know, he wants to be competing. He wants to be competitive. He's an intelligent boy when he speaks. You know, he says the right things. And I thought he was excellent at the weekend, you know. But I think he's been excellent since he came in because, I, I, okay, there's things you could question about, maybe defensively on the, the set plays for sure. But I think all in all, we'd be delighted with his performances and I'm sure the manager would be delighted with him. So they, don't yeah. look, they look at fullbacks now being more forward thinking yeah, players. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example you used. Uh, Stones mm -hmm. coming in and playing centre midfield. It's it's crazy. That's the way the modern uh, game's going. And to be fair, it took him a few games. Well, he, he got thrust into the limelight at, at Ibrox, but you can see each game he is getting stronger and stronger. And one thing that you need for a fullback is he needs to be a good athlete. He needs to be able to get up and get back as quickly as possible and that's one thing he can do no no problem here's a player you spoke about Peter a few moments ago Jota well it's it's always amazing to score in this amazing stadium for for our fans but uh, I think that wouldn't be possible without the help of everyone and the philosophy that we put into our game so just just glad to be part of our group and to to develop and be a better man yeah well, definitely a big win for us. Always a tough game to play, but these are this is the beauty of football. We go and we go strong and we never stop. Today we didn't stop and we got the win. And the big talking point afterwards, I mean, it was terrible. We condemned it, obviously, the other night with Barry and last night as well with the guys. You know, the uh, personal abuse of the referee, Kevin Clancy, and posting his details and the family uh, online was atrocious, Peter. Um, and... It just shouldn't happen. People should should get a grip. So then it's Paul, and I told you that that was my biggest worry with the VAR situation right for day one. Because it's completely different. Let's no kid ourselves. It's completely different from anywhere in England. Wherever you go, that's completely different up here. And I said that if there's any issues with VAR and a Celtic Rangers match, it's a massive problem for the referees and everybody else that's involved. And I think Kevin Clancy handled a lot of the game very well, you know, um, and it's difficult now because no matter what decision you make, if it goes upstairs yeah. or somebody doesn't make a decision, you're going to get that personal abuse. And we've seen it before. We've seen it before and I understand that. So, And listen, we've got to take responsibility as well. Yeah. Us as managers, coaches, players, whatever, you know, there's it's a fine line now. And I think because there's so much abuse online, you know, I, as I say, I don't go on all that sort of stuff, but I hear about it every single day, you know, and you think to yourself, it's just not worth it. But And that's what I thought VAR would also bring here because West of Scotland is completely different from anywhere else. See, see in terms of referees, I, I think they, they understand that they're going to get criticised because mm -hmm. they make some mistakes, no doubt about it, but for that kind of stuff to happen, it's an absolute disgrace, in my opinion. For sure. I mean, these, these details getting put online, it's... Um, ho hopefully they get the bottom of it, and whoever and if they get them, they absolutely mm -hmm. hammer them. Because well, it shouldn't at happen, of let's be honest with you, and they're only human and... 
we, we criticise referees every Monday or every Wednesday but I always think it's constructive mm. and as long as it's constructive I think referees will totally accept that but for that sort of stuff to happen to Kevin Clancy is, is way below the belt well, I can remember Paul when we spoke yeah. about VAR right at the start the very first night we spoke about it and I said if they bring it to Scotland mm. they'll need to be sitting in the moon yeah you did this is the reason yeah. why mm. this is the reason why because I know that is the problem we're going to have up here there's no getting away from it uh, that, that's for sure can you imagine the cup semi-final uh, absolutely it's horrendous it's horrendous pressure to put these guys under mm -hmm. you know because it's hard enough to referee a game You've, Barry will tell you as a manager you sometimes referee a game in training it's so difficult even the, in training oh, and the, yeah. players, the players are giving you dogs abuse you know and you're getting to the stage where you would put them off in training so you get into the habit of no talking back to the referee mm -hmm. I mean I'm watching Andy Robertson thing on Saturday yeah. I thought Andy Robertson actually grabs the referee's arm at first at the bottom if you watch it and the ref, the, the linesman sort of lifted his arm to pull his arm out the road when he come to see him. Because, no, but let's not be kidded. And he's got a hell of a time with rubbing Lionel Messi's head mm -hmm. and running to referees and mouthing and moaning. But I genuinely thought he was trying to get his arm and the linesman's picked. Look at the situation he's found himself in. You know? Yep. And but, benched, but, but it's yep. all right for us mm -hmm. to abuse them. <laughs> can, can I tell you, I'll be on the moon if Rangers don't win in a 30 <laughs> That's what I'll be. Uh, Steve Conroy, former grade one referee, says there could be another strike. Remember, there was a strike, what, over 10 years ago because of the abuse that referees were getting and social media has got bigger and bigger. It almost makes me not want to talk about the Morales situation at this point because it's a bit like, you know, you'll then just make it worse. It's, well, I think if about, you ask yeah. us our opinion, it's, it's constructive of in course. terms of what we're, we're going to criticise uh, Kevin Clancy. No, and but, we did the other day and we yeah, again. it's always sure, constructive when I'm on the show or when I'm listening to the yeah. show and he's talking about referees it's always constructive Respect. and I think referees I'll totally accept that but when things like that happen family, kids partners, addresses it's, it's, yeah. it's shocking absolutely we'll talk more though about the refereeing decisions but also importantly what's coming up next with uh, Ross Wilson apparently wanted by Nottingham Forest after the sporting director there at Forest uh, Filippo Geraldo has left the club that's coming next The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors book your service MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk Let's go few days gone since the big game Celtic 3 Rangers 2 12 points in it and Laurie is on the line in Deniston good evening Laurie Hey panel good evening Good evening good Laurie evening. How are you doing Laurie? Hi Hi Laurie uh, yeah. I'll tell you my thoughts, Paul, now that the dust is beginning to settle after that game at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I've thought about it uh, long and hard, and there are a few, there are a few rather undisputed truths as far as I'm concerned. The first one is, uh, the controversy regarding the goal uh, that was disallowed, I think that unbalanced referees are more inclined to give a defender the benefit of the doubt uh, than an attacker. Okay. Uh, and you know you'll get some I know it's a well-trodden cliche Paul but you'll get some that go your way and others uh, you won't now that apart uh, Rangers uh, were guilty of two monumental blunders uh, with a gifted Celtic uh, goals in two separate occasions yeah. now, you can't legislate for, for something like that Michael Beale can't be blamed for something like that but you cannot uh, you know gift Celtic at Parkhead in front of a capacity crowd two goals like that. Another thing I would say is that as far as I'm concerned, the main difference uh, primarily between the teams and so far as I'm concerned, Paul, is 
that Celtic and Kyogo Furuhashi have a guy that needs only a fifth, a cent of a chance in the penalty box. And more often than not, he'll dispatch the ball into the net. He's a predator and he's got lethal uh, instincts. Rangers, by comparison, Morelos, as far as I'm concerned, has sell-by date, has long since expired. Uh, the guy is Sholak. Uh, I know he's got, he's got a number of goals that he scored, but I don't know that he's a big occasion player. I don't know that he's industrious enough. Uh, and it, it does they work the channels often enough for me. But the, the one guy is Fashion Zakala. Uh, guys, I don't know how often a third Fashion Zakala been hyped up as though Rangers can unleash a secret weapon uh, if they play Fashion Sakala against Celtic. I've watched Fashion Sakala. He's got pace to burn, uh, but he has zero composure in front of goals. I don't know how many times I've watched him uh, contrive and miss chances really the keeper to beat when he's dragged the ball wide of the post because he cannot finish. As far as Fashion Sakala's concerned, this is going to sound terribly unkind, but this is just my own personal opinion. For all his feints and twists and turns, that guy would be best suited to jump on a plane to Rio de Janeiro and certainly start playing beach football on the Copacabana beach uh, over there. He will not cut it at this level. Uh, that's my main thoughts about the game. I've got another contribution okay. to me alright we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kick off on that just now Barry we'll go to the fashion Sakala first of all um, what Laurie was saying about his talent but zero what was you, what you actually said composure zero composure Compo- yeah. that, that's the thing that, that lets fashion down that there's no yeah. doubt about it you've always said that yeah I've, I've always said that I've said it for day day dot about fashion Sakala when he doesn't need to think about it he genuinely hits the back of the net that's the, the type of player he is. Um, but I always think you need somebody like that in your squad because he's got genuine pace to to burn. Yep, I get there needs to be an end product and that's something that he needs to work on. I'm sure Michael Beale's trying to work on it um, as well. So, yeah, but I would I would keep Fashion Sakala. I'm not saying Fashion Sakala's got to be in the Rangers starting 11 every single week. I said it um, last week that I would have put him through the middle just to play in the shoulder of Starfelt and Carter Vickers and turn them down away. But we were speaking at the start of the show. Everything was going towards the ball. Nobody was going in behind. And that's one thing that Fashion Sakala does is he runs in behind. I think when you look back at the game, when you brought Juranovic and played, Juranovic at left back at Ibrox, Sakala played against him, gave him a bit of a hard time. And that's why I'd always, if you're going to play him, I think you have to play him in a wider area. That's where me and Barry were different last yeah. week because I don't think he's good he's back to the game. He needs that space in behind to run. But I think if you're only playing one up there, maybe if you're playing two, it becomes slightly different. But because you're playing one up there, I just think Carter Vickers and Starfield are too clever for him. They can be as quick as you want, but if you just bump him and Carter Vickers is strong, I don't think he really causes him a problem with his pace then because he's got to turn and run and I don't think he's got the Kyogo, he's definitely not got the yeah. Kyogo movement to come in short and spinning because that's not part of his game. I think he's better running into the space, there's no doubt of that. I agree with Barry, his composure is a thing that's obviously a problem. If you're going to be a striker, you have to be composed. You know, we talk about Kyogo having two chances, it's two goals. A whiff. Right, there yep. you go. McCoy happens the same. All these strikers you want to talk about. And unfortunately, that's what you'll always get put up against. When you're at Rangers or a Celtic, of all the top strikers you'll always be played up against and put up against with the goals you score. And he had nowhere near will score enough goals. So I think he's either got to be that wide player with that threat of that pace. 
but it doesn't take away from the fact that Rangers need that number nine. You see, if I was playing with Sakala, I would say, all I want to see is your number on your back. Yeah. I don't want to see <laughs> sure. you coming. Yeah. I'm just, you come and just spin and run and play in behind. Barry, what about his first point when Laurie said, in general, uh, the defender gets the benefit of the doubt from the referee? I, I'm with the... The attacker. The attacker. Yeah. yeah. And you would be in that case. Can, you can see how the referee could get yeah. it wrong though. Yeah, on the day, in your opinion. Peter, what do you think on yeah, it? I, I thought Kevin Clancy yeah. got it wrong. I, I yeah. did that. I thought that there was nothing yeah. in it. I thought both of them were at it. Um, and for me, it was uh, it should have stood. Am I saying it was going to, that would have made a difference to the game? No, I'm no. I'm just saying yeah. um, I thought it was a, a perfectly um, honest goal. I think mine's, I'm going to say something here and I, I don't know if anybody else has mentioned it obviously I think the free kick was prior to that and I know they've given it for that one see Ryan Jack with Joe Hart Ryan Jack's got his arm and Joe Hart's trying to get out it to come and Joe Hart claims prior to the incident with uh, Morelles and Johnson you see Joe Hart cause, and then Joe Hart thinks that's the free kick is on him because I thought the exact same thing so at the first take I never tamed the Morellas and Johnson right. I'm looking at because there's so much in the go in the box but Ryan Jack yeah. was grabbing his right. arm and he's trying to get out if you watch Joe Hart he's trying right. to get his arm out and Ryan's got him down it's good playing his part if he's not seen yeah. unfortunately but I thought that was a decision right. he'd given but I agree people would always say remember it was like the offside rule give the if it's a close one give the striker because people want yeah. to see more mm. goals and whatever what do you, you say know? and I, listen a free kick's a free kick so the bottom line is if Johnson's free, uh, foul and Morella's and they're, the two of them are bombing each other I would expect that in my centre half and my, my centre forward don't be yeah. make it easy for him get your arm up but don't don't grab don't grab or whatever don't push make sure you try and get in front of him get the first touch and Barry will tell you that's all you tell your players make sure you get the first touch in the ball get across him Morella's is getting there but on the, the show now, you see him pushing the two hands, but you'd say the two of them are at the pulling to start with. You know, but okay, the final push is obviously for Morella's on the back. Right, nudge people are calling it. Yeah, yeah. But, but as you say, the first thing I thought, if yeah. you look back at it, watch okay. Joe Hart incident, and it's the Joe Hart one that I thought he'd actually right. given the free yeah. kick on. This is what Alistair Johnson said about it afterwards. I felt like I had a free header, then all of a sudden I didn't because I had two hands in the back of my uh, on my back. So... It's one of those ones I knew that as soon as as soon as it went in the back of the net that he was going to call it, and thankfully, you know, that's what the ref's there for. He did a good job, I thought, today. Uh, it wasn't an easy one, a lot of big tackles, um, as you'd expect in that match. Uh, so I thought he did a good job. And yeah, no, I'm glad that glad that he made the right call there. That one will run and run. And what about Laurie's second point? Uh, it was two blunders that uh, you can't legislate for. I Barry. said that. Yeah. I says with, with Ben Davies, he actually gets a second opportunity because the first one... He skies up in the air. Just go and put your head on it, knock it out for a corner, and then you get in and set yourself up for defending uh, the corner against you. That 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 was the poorest one for me. Yep, sure. Again, two mistakes. There's 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 no denying that. And again, if you make mistakes against a a, a good team, they're going to do one thing. They're going to punish you. And Laurie, what's your final point? My final point, and I'll be very brief because I realise that the news is coming on in several minutes. <laughs> time. You're the news at the, mo at the moment, don't worry, Laurie. Uh, I thought the game was the most entertaining old firm, entertaining old firm encounter I've witnessed for many, many years. However, it was devalued as a spectacle uh, because of this nonsense about away supporters not being allowed into uh, the, the ground, uh, the opponent's ground. Now, you know what? I could say, as a Celtic supporter, I could say, well, it was Rangers that instigated us some time ago but I don't want to get in that because it's just tap for tap retaliation yep. and what about today uh, I remember a number of years ago 
on the way to Great Tommy Burns passed away, I went to Celtic Park and I saw the, the, the tributes, colourful tributes from clubs everywhere. And the one that I found most heartwarming was the, the hundreds, literally hundreds, of Rangers favours that were outside the ground uh, because of the respect for Tommy Burns. And I remember meeting Hugh Keevans that day, uh, the legendary uh, sports journalist. Yep. I remember saying to him, Hugh, I says, uh, is it not quite that one when I says to see all the different uh, tributes I says laid by supporters of other teams, particularly Hugh? I says those left by the Rangers supporters. I said, surely this is an opportunity for us to put this nonsense behind us. And he said to me, Laurie, he said, we'll never have a better chance. Now, that was, you know, uh, some years ago, yeah. uh, sadly when Tommy uh, lost his life. Yeah. Since then, I would put it to you that nothing really has changed. I'll wind up by saying that in the aftermath of the Hillsborough disaster, Anfield was open for people who want to pay their respects and read tributes. And the overriding uh, impression of that was all the Liverpool and Everton uh, scarves intertwined round the barriers uh, at that time. Uh, and actually, it's a sad indictment uh, of how we are in the west of Scotland compared to what I saw that day. And we've never improved on it, sadly, sad to say. Laurie, so well put, Peter, your great friend, Tommy Burns. And the point about it, he said it eloquently. I mean, 100%. I agree with Laurie, yeah. you know, that... That, that makes it, you know, we love giving the banter to each other when we score and whatever. Yeah. And there's nothing better. I understand there's been problems. Obviously, I was down in for a long time, so yeah. missed most of that. But there's nothing better when both sets of supporters are at the club. And we were fortunate enough to play when used to <laughs> half of the main stand at Ibrox and behind the goals in Celtic Park. I think it was 18,000 mm -hmm. Rangers fans used to be there. I spoke about last week. And it was brilliant. It was even more better when you scored and it was so silent. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that was a, that was a part of it. And I remember going to play at Ibrox when there was no Celtic fans, a bit like Saturday. There was no Celtic fans allowed. And it's just not in comparison, you know, to both sets of fans having a go at each other in the right way with the songs and whatever. I understand yeah. that. For that 90 minutes, yeah. that 95, we never, ever want to lose that. And I just think it takes a little bit away from that. that well, a big bit away from it. Barry, I know you agree. Well, you know my yeah. feelings on sure. it. I, yeah. I, I think it's sad. Why can they not get round the table, sort this out, bang their heads together and then get it back to the way it was? Um, when did it start? Four years ago? Five yeah, years four ago? Four or five years ago. It needs yeah. to get back to the way it was before. Laurie, thanks so much for calling. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. New Toyota showrooms now open in Glasgow and Hamilton. Let's go! From the heart of Glasgow and the Gorbals here, it's the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson, the former Rangers and Scotland captain, and Peter Grant. There was a rather fetching picture of you sent round by some people the other day. Uh, Peter, of course, ex-Celtic, Norwich City, so many others. And it was you at Norwich with the hair and you looked a bit like Todd Cantwell. 
I was 35, Paul, you've got to remember, ah, right, and I had okay. the long hair then. And yeah, that was yeah. only just because I was at that stage in my yeah. career thinking, how long is my hair going to last? Yeah, yeah, it was, so it's I was, lasting. As I said, yeah. I was 35 then. Could you check up? Has he got a hairband in? Let's <laughs> no, just check. Oh, <laughs> no, definitely not a hairband. My boy did wear a, my youngest one who wore a hairband. That right? Oh, yeah. and that used to drive him up the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, no, no for me. Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson, you can call them now. 0808 17 17 700. Still talking about the weekend, although the game is it beginning to diminish in the memory now, Barry? The, the, yeah, it was. Yeah, it did at quarter past two for me on Saturday. There's been so much talk about it. And of course, Peter, there's only two weeks and four days to go till we do it again. It's going to be the Cup semi final. But that's what it is, Paul. You know, and I'm sure. Angie's been talking to his team and it's all about this week now mm-hmm. you know it's yep, not about Rangers sure. it's all about winning this week you've got to go Come to Kilmarnock and do yep. your job and that's playing for a Celtic or Rangers unfortunately that's the way it is you get a couple of days to enjoy it you have maybe the next day off if you're lucky yeah. and then you go again and that's the way football is and You've got to go and produce again. You've got to produce against Kilmarnock. Then when the Rangers games come round, you look at that, it looks after itself. Kilmarnock Celtic is going to be, what, 12 o'clock on Sunday. Rangers will play at 3 o'clock on Saturday against St Mirren. And Motherwell up against Dundee United. Livingston against St Johnson. And it's the Edinburgh Derby, the old Ricky Derby. You'll have had your tea, Hibs, <laughs> against Hearts. Uh, 3 o'clock, isn't it? No, 12.30 for that one. That's the early kickoff, of course, for TV. And uh, on Friday night, Ross County against Aberdeen. Both of them, well, resurgent, maybe not in Ross County's uh, sense, but they did well last weekend. And Aberdeen, what a job they are doing. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And what about in the championship last night? So Dundee went clear at the top. They've uh, played 32 same as Queen's Park but that big win last night for them puts them now on 57 points Barry we did think that was going to happen and it did last night Dundee winning the game yeah the game in hand yep um, 3-1 listen it's a a brilliant opportunity they had the opportunity to go more points Mm -hmm. at the weekend against their broth but they they only took a a point away for for Gayfield Um, but the the result I was more interested in last night was the old Akis the Akis I heard they yeah. played well, but they lost 2 0. Yeah, I, I, I said that about yeah. the old fun game yeah. on Saturday. I, I would rather play poorly and, and get three points. Um, so they're, they're in a three way battle at the bottom now, no doubt about it. What is it, four games left yep. in the Championship? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's down to Cove Rangers, Aki's, and Arbroath now. Leslie Ann was there. She's a big Morton fan, but she said Aki's played really well. The weather was horrendous last night, which uh, Peter, the other game, Inverness winning 2 0 against Arbroath. So it was a good win for Billy Dodd's side. You went to a match last night, but it was called off. Yeah, just got in the car park. And the boy just told me, Peter, the game's off. Yeah. <laughs> and the teams were out warming up and everything, Paul. That's how late it was. But I wasn't surprised because the weather going down was horrendous. You know, I felt for the supporters, obviously, but there's nothing can be done, unfortunately. The pitch just tained too much water in a short period. And one of your old teams, Dunfermline, they thought they well they could have won the title last night. They'd two 0 win up at Peterhead, but of course Falkirk a two one win against Montrose means that the title party delayed. I'm sure they'll be happy that if they go back home East End Park and win it there, they'll be delighted at that. So Jim's done a fantastic job and delighted, you know, that they've got the opportunity to bounce straight back up. Stephen will be here tomorrow night. Stephen McGinn, the captain of Falkirk, they'll be glad to get a draw. Well, you know, I know they were two up, but they scored a couple of goals in the derby with Dunfermline, and they scored two one last night. Barry, they needed to get goals again. Yeah, they did, and they're full focused now. I know they've got the, the semi final against yeah. um, Inverness Cali Thistle, but they're focused now. So on the, the playoffs, and um, they they will look to to get back up. If you think about Falkirk, for me, Falkirk. Are a, 
championship team mm -hmm. stroke even yeah. when I played they were in, in the Premier League it's a big ground isn't it New big ground, ground good following yeah. Um, so yeah but it was a, a result they needed last night but they're, they've got a few big games coming up over the, the course of the next um, month or two and Peter Scotland's women did last night did well I know it's a friendly 4-0 win against Costa Rica and Emma Watson scoring twice in 5 minutes and 67 then the, the third goal was Alvarado an own goal and then Caroline Weir scoring in 37 Emma Watson just 17 years old it's terrific getting the young girls coming through now you know obviously more girls playing football now and that's what you want to see is the more of them are playing and more of them get in a national team and the national team keep they want to keep in these big competitions they want to qualify for these big competitions because you see the difference it made to England you know all these girls now are household names now for these young yep. girls so and Caroline Weir to be fair to her she's a Dunfermline girl she's on the side of a pub in actual Dunfermline I think it's a pub in Dunfermline she's right. actually on it I'd assigned her because what a player she is she's what, got a big a, picture of her a big, yeah. big muriel on the right. side of it yeah. yeah yeah she's a Dunfermline girl a terrific player lovely left foot um, she has played at Manchester City and then obviously at Real Madrid now but a top player and mentioning Man City both of you what about last ah. night Man City 3-0 against Bayern Munich a masterclass uh, Alan. I was absolutely glued to it for the yeah. full game. Mm -hmm. Couldn't take my eyes off it. I just thought it was a brilliant advert for football. Two brilliant teams, brilliant players, some unbelievable football played. And the pace of the game that it was played at was absolute frightening. I, I loved it. It was it's been one of the best games I've seen in a long, long time. Are they going to win it? What do you think, Peter? Is gonna, gonna, well, yeah. listen, when you've got the striker you have, you know, in Haaland, you know, you can be playing poorly in a game. Now you know that Bayern have got to come out in the second leg. You're thinking to yourself, but they're top players. I mean, Tuchel come out after the game, they get a bit of criticism for saying, think they played well. I thought they were excellent. I thought Manchester City were brilliant. And top players, you, Barry will tell you, first touch, they're passing. You know how quick they make a decision. You know, getting up the pitch, getting back down the pitch, defending together. You know, likes his stone statement in the middle of the pitch how quickly they have to move the ball and it was, it was great listening to him after the game how he receives possession in there and how it's completely different to when he's at the back because he seems to pass in the one direction all the time he said now midfield players I understand how difficult it is for them because they open their body and play out the opposite side he said I was never used to doing that because I was never I never played that area of the pitch so even these top players are always learning and that's great credit to the Guardiola and his staff you know that these top players are still learning their trade I see one of the headlines tonight is I think it's Sky in Germany are saying that Sadio Mane there was an incident with his teammate Leroy Sani afterwards and perhaps a, a punch was thrown uh, just at the end of the game so real frustration there at Bayern Munich well and, if you look yeah. back at that I think it was one of the times that he's actually shot and he could have squared it and I'm not sure what one it was I remember seeing it in the game and he's threw his arms up I think it was, well, it was late on in the game I think it was yeah. about 2 or 3 nothing at the time and he's burst through and one of them should have squared it and you see him having a go at each other so it's maybe continued then which listen is normal that's sure. what happens <laughs> passion yeah. in it Barry what about the other game then into Milan winning 2-0 against Benfica and also tonight what about Frank Lampard back in suddenly he finds himself it's only Real Madrid in the Bernabeu yeah I know um, I mean that's a disappointing result from at the weekend yeah. going to Wilson yeah. getting beat 1-0 yeah. um, but you have a tough one tonight um I don't I don't think Real Madrid are going to win their league title. Um so I think all their focus will be on making sure they, they try and win the, the, the Champions League. I think it's going to be a tough a tough night for Chelsea. And AC Milan up against Napoli. So many people fancied Napoli for it, but AC Milan have we but know Napoli, the score the other day. But Napoli have yeah. got a, a chance because I'm yeah. uh, sorry, AC Milan have got a chance because uh, Osame is it? You call, I don't yeah. know how you say his name. 
he's obviously missing the game supposed to be right. you know so that's a big blow because he's been outstanding he is uh, probably the hottest striker in Europe at this minute in time AC Milan beat them 4-0 that's what I'm saying um, yeah, yeah big result week, the other yeah. day yeah. I know, and they'll play three times in what 10-12 days yeah. they are playing a good team they are aren't they yeah, they yeah. Are, they're a right good watch as well but that was some result the other day ready for more calls 08 08 17 17 700 let's go on the line and it's Colin is on good evening Colin Hi guys, you all right? Evening, Colin. Yeah, we're good. How are you? Hi, okay, thanks. Hi, um, I'm just just wanting to make a wee, a wee point about the game at the weekend there, the, huh? the old firm game. Yeah. Um, just a lot of people, mainly Celtic fans, obviously, are saying how like Celtic were much better, and Celtic, although they won, they won at their best, they, they kind of they. They'll beat Rangers and Rangers can't beat Celtic and Celtic aren't playing at their best. But one thing I think we should take into account, especially this the game at the weekend there, was the injury to Conor Goldson mm-hmm. last minute. Yeah. John Suter had to step in and play he basically got chucked in at the deep end the man's only played what 30 40 minutes in football this season so far and I think I think he played alright considering and also the fact where Rangers had no supporters in the ground whatsoever and that that's not happened for how many years if, if it's even happened for, for Rangers before Colin, I hope the directors are listening because, you know, they kicked the whole thing off. But yeah, I'm just jumping in to say that to remind you. And we hope that Rangers directors realise this and help to change it. And then Celtic as well. Celtic directors. It's madness from both of them. Anyway, sorry, Colin. No, I just, as I say, I just think, um, taking, taking that into account, I think Rangers actually done done well. Okay. Yeah. If you also take Rangers two two blunders out, um, Rangers could actually win the game. But the thing is, guy, as we all know, the, the, we, we can't change. In terms of John Suter, I actually thought John Suter did well. Uh, considering mm-hmm. what Collins just mentioned, there are thirty forty minutes of game time um, this this season. Long term injury, played this, uh, the first game at Livingston. And it hadn't been seen since. I know he's been training for six, seven weeks now, but I take the mistake away. I think John Souter has shown that he's got enough to um, challenge for a, a place in that Rangers team. I thought it was a very good sign for Rangers. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of keeping his fitness up. Unfortunately for young John, he's had a lot of injuries with his Achilles, I think, um, most of the time. So I know how horrendous an injury that is. So to come into that, as you say, coming in, probably just training's completely different. But I must take Umbridge Wave and you're saying that you thought Rangers they could have won the game. If you don't have any shots in goal, really, you have no chance of winning any game. doesn't matter how many mistakes you make or don't make. You've got to have chances and opportunities to score and Rangers didn't have any. You really, Joe Hart won save. When I look at McGregor's saves and you're right, I didn't think Celtic played as well as they could do, but they worked the goalkeeper hell of a lot more and looked a lot more dangerous than Rangers did, and that's the argument I've got. I think defensively, because you can win a game and you still made errors if you're scoring goals up the other end of the pitch and sometimes you get away with it. Celtic made errors, got away with them, you know, but they've got a predator who scores goals on, may somebody make a mistake. You Jota, who's a winger. Tavarni, you watch him at the incident, he's thinking more of a forward 
position when Jota's already think John Souter's going to make the mistake with the pass back so he's already half putting pressure on the ball so you've got to remember you're a defender first son you know if you're, and, and give an option to your centre back on the ball and Souter makes an error for sure of course did Ryan Jack make an error as well with the yeah, ball yeah the ball square I thought he did yeah. I thought he put him under pressure yeah, but then I, I think if if you ask John Souter now after the game and he's probably watched it back sometimes just put your foot through it <laughs> if, if there is a square pass now I've played them Granny's yeah, played them yeah, to the defender just put your foot through it and put it in Rose Ed yeah. um, and looking back John Souter's just trying to get it back and keep possession of the ball but sometimes just think defence but that's think the thing we're saying away. Barry you'd been looking for a forward pass there so we're saying Jack I thought he made a poor pass but that's what I'm saying is he got the areas up the pitch has he got the forwards to play with has he got that movement further up the pitch that he can play that pass forward or is that the reason why he's taking the cheap shot mm. out we're playing it back to the defender you know and maybe John more in the game maybe drops deeper then and says well okay even if he comes to press me I've still got time and opportunity to lift my head and make a pass forward instead of going back to the goalkeeper you know And but to be fair you've got to then say to Jota on the opposite side he's been thinking that instinct I'm going to try and put him under pressure I'm just going to put my body in a certain area of the pitch and I think I agree with you I think John Sewer will be a good signing mm-hmm. for Rangers and I think that gives the manager an option to play in the three centre-halves never mind and I know these guys stick and think a back three mm-hmm. is defensive I completely think the opposite. I think it's an attacking system and I think it would it'd, it'd suit Rangers as two fullbacks. I've said that many times. In terms of John Shutter, I just hope he stays injury clear now because yeah. he, he said three yeah. ruptured Achilles tendons, Achilles tendons and, and it's one of the worst yeah, injuries absolutely. to get and to come back for that, that shows me and it should show everybody else that he's got some mindset. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a tough man. So if hopefully he stays fit and I said it when Rangers signed him. Yep, he's had his injury problems before, but you, I don't even think it was a gamble. Free transfer. I think he's got the qualities, John Suter. And Colin, what would you say to the club and to Peter and to Barry listening to you about the recruitment situation? So Ross Wilson is apparently a target for Nottingham Forest. We don't know if he will go there, but he's had a lot of criticism from the Rangers fans. If he was to go, what would you say to the club about your recruitment? I would say go back to the old days and let the manager pick the players the way Anne's Postacoglu did for Celtic. That way, it's the sole blame goes on the manager then for for the recruitment rather than passing the buck all the time. Barry, what would you say? I, th- I yeah. think that's. A, I think Michael Beale is making the, yeah. the signings and and taking off and say I want him. I think Ross Wilson's there to do the contract negotiations with the agents. There's a lot of stuff goes on in the, the background I, I think the final say if I'm being honest with you comes for Michael Beale is John Parton well, out there I, now? I, is, I, I think, he's a scout um, He'll be there. I think you can tell um, Michael Beale has made the last two signings yep. because mm-hmm. the two signings have been good signings whereas the signings that's came in before then I, I'm, I'm struggling to find a really good signing that's came in the last maybe three or four transfer windows mm-hmm. yep I agree I think it's got to come for the managers and listen if the manager gets it right he gets a pat in the back if a yep, manager sure. gets it wrong he gets the, the grief and I think that's the way it should be at a, a football club I think there's a place for directors of football yeah. and or sporting mm-hmm. directors whatever they want to be called but I think when you're looking to um, sign players and build a squad the final decision should mm. be the manager and I think that's the case at Rangers now similar to what's yep. happening at Celtic maybe didn't happen enough when Gio was there it's hard to show that it worked yeah but I mean I, I would love to know yeah 
who was making the decisions I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you I've been asked this many a times I, I don't know um, but what I do know is I know the two players that came in January were Michael Beals well you can see that Michael would know them all for the youth teams yeah. so no, he, he, when he was at Liverpool Chelsea no Todd no all that coming through at Norwich and whatever. He'd, he'd know all these guys and that's sort of the pool he was probably going to be in you know looking for these guys that's come through the levels and probably playing at a Fulham they're now not getting mentioned hey, there's a couple of guys getting mentioned at Fulham sorry who were probably at that level as well at Tottenham and all these guys but you can only do so much with that you know I heard John Parton and there John Part was at Celtic when I was there with Tony and whatever and John was one of these guys who was always a foot soldier he was out looking at players and whatever and I think that's still important. People talk about computers and seeing, yeah. analysing players on right the computer. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> You've got to still go to yeah. the games because there's a completely different player on a computer than the one you'll see with your eyes. Yes, that gives you an in and out hook who to kind of go and see and whatever. But let me tell you, your eyes don't lie because you, you can see a guy on there, you could think, oh, all the credentials could play for Rangers. Then he couldn't play in front of 50,000 Rangers fans screaming at him. And that's the difference because it takes more than just a football player and I've said it many, many times to represent Celtic and Rangers. It takes character as well. And these are the things you don't see on the computer. So you've got to be a foot soldier going out there. And I think Brighton's probably the best example. Mm -hmm. They don't just do it with their players because they know the manager bringing in has got to have that same sort of philosophy the club has. So the players have still got to be that type of player so that they don't come in and say, right, I want to be an aggressive side and da 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 whatever, and then other manager wants to go and play. Yeah. So it's a waste of time then because you're throwing every, everybody out all the time and it sure. keeps changing all the time. Brighton have been consistent, so they think, oh well, I'll bring a manager because this is a football side. Who's a manager that plays football? Right, we'll go and try and bring him. And I think that's what Rangers have got to do. What sort of thing are they looking for? If they're bringing a Todd Cantwell yeah. and they're bringing a Raskin and that, and now they're bring, looking at a Tillman, you know what they're looking for? They want to play a certain style, but to do that then. The one place, as Barry spoke about earlier on, is a number nine you need. Because all these boys can make all the passes, see all the passes, but if they've not got somebody up front to play with, it makes it very there's, difficult. There's, there's loads of good players out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But to play at Rangers, you need to play under pressure. And that's one thing that they need to make sure they've got the right mindset. And the two boys that have come in in January have shown me they've got the right mindset. Colin, a few people have said in the last week if you had a Kyogo in a blue jersey you might have got more goals. Would you agree? Oh, de de yeah. definitely, yeah. I'd actually like to see a wee change kind of up front now just to see, see how it goes. I'd like to... Basically, the, the same team that started in, at the weekend but take, take Morelos out yeah. and uh, bring push um, Tillman up front and I, I'd bring back in Sakala because I think we missed the pace, the direct running of Sakala. Um, so with Takala being back out wide and Tillman being pushed up front with Todd Cantwell playing just behind Tillman we're going to talk more about that and more about Tasty. Celtic too That's Tasty. you like that Barry that's what Tasty. you were kind of calling for Colin good call thanks very much The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors new Toyota showrooms at now open in Glasgow and Hamilton Let's go Hope you're enjoying the Easter break if you're off school, college, university or so, or whatever. Um, enjoying that break. No break for the wicked in here. Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney, taking loads of your calls. Some good calls there. Laurie, earlier on, I thought he put it really well, summing up the game at the weekend. And also the point he made about why no fans, opposition fans in the grounds? And I know there's many people on both sides who say, no, no, I want my season ticket there. I'm now used to being there. In a civilised society, we should have the opposition fans well, in the grounds. Mark, Mark Guidi says on in, in Monday, I know. he thinks it's never going to happen, doesn't he? Yep. Spoke to a few people 
and that's the feeling that mm. it's um, it's nowhere near getting back to the way it was and which not, is disappointing know, it's honest. not what Mark wants but he thinks now because it's gone to 800 mm. and now nobody that's the way it's going to stay I think he'd spoken to some people in authority I think police wise some people saying the policing of it went very well but the policing was always really good in Glasgow the old Strathclyde Police or Police Scotland that they can they know how to contain the fans no they do it the Glasgow would do it really well it is now I know but, you know, but they got it from Strathclyde Police they were, much, <laughs> no, they were much better in the West at policing the big games of course 100,000 at Hampton are you kidding us on oh, well, can, I remember being yeah. at Celtic Park they'd be yeah. two of them walking around the, the, pit, the side of the pitch remember they used to be in twos the police used the police, to walk, right. used to yeah, be walking yeah, around sure. in twos yeah. and all that prior to the game and then after the game of course there was always instances. There's no getting away from that. And there's no use kidding myself no, on sure. any different for that. But the atmosphere was electric. I mean, never. I, I keep going back to the guys that's played abroad, like God rest him, the Ray Wilkinses and that. And they talked yeah. about it and been the, the noise and that was phenomenal. With, and they'd never seen like that. And even the Milan derby. And I know we get caught on it sometimes saying, "Oh, it's the biggest." But when these guys have played in these games in Milan and that, and they say it's the biggest, we can't lose that because that's everybody talks about it the people on the television talk yeah. about it and let's not lose it hopefully that's going to, and I know there's different reasons why and why not but I would love to the fact that, uh, that both sets of sports were able to see the game the crowds were huge but do you remember Pisa one of your old late chairman uh, was there I remember <laughs> saying uh, uh, big uh, big match today a great match he said great crowd <laughs> <laughs> but the best laugh was around about 75 minutes yeah. they used to announce the crowd uh -huh. and there could be 60,000 there and Desmond would say the crowd would, for today is 25,000 <laughs> and everybody would start laughing allegedly so, uh, <laughs> remember the three-wheeler motors behind the goal oh, yeah, yeah. and do you remember that if it was at Ibrox then they would come in and they when was it, if there was a Celtic goal they would jump out the, the motors and vice versa oh it was like uh, a Rangers, miracle if Rangers spoke at, at Parkhead it was a miracle as well that's right light you remember blue. just yep. yeah wow. all, all of a sudden yeah. people went from not walking to walking of course but look at you need to have a laugh at it as well oh, it's entertainment that was brilliant, that was brilliant. That, that's, yeah. listen that's part of the culture that's sure. part of Glaswegians as well you know, and we don't want to lose that. Of course, I understand there's been incidents and I understand that part of it, but listen, we never want to lose what everybody talks about is the biggest game. Exactly. Where would do, we do be without... Acres? But steady. Where, <laughs> where would we be without laughter? Edinburgh. <laughs> it's Glasgow's <laughs> own Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Barry Ferguson. Talk, talking about Peter Edinburgh, Grant. that's yep. a baptism of fire for Stevie Naismith. Mm, it sure absolutely. is the derby yeah. mm -hmm. I'm about to talk about that All with right, both sorry. of you no 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 you're absolutely spot on except I want to tell you that the record online is reporting and let me get the words absolutely right here so that this is about Ross Wilson quotes agrees a Rangers exit for Nottingham Forest and he lands a wider ranging role at the side who are fighting to stay in the English Premier League the sporting director is set to leave Rangers to join the City Ground Club this is in the record Ross Wilson has agreed his move away from Rangers to join Nottingham Forest according to a report it was claimed that the side fighting for Premier League survival there's quite a bit about that but what we do know is that their sporting director this is at the Forest Filippo Giraldo has left the club and they are looking for somebody new and of course Ross Wilson before was at Southampton um, Barry your view is that if it if it is the case, um, what will the reaction be? And I think you think things are well in train anyway for summer signings. Yeah, I, I do. I honestly believe that. I'm just going by what Michael Beale's saying and, and talking about it, that he, he knows what he wants and he's he's um, he's identified who he wants to bring in. I'm, I'm sure the transfers are, are far down the line. Normally, for a sporting director's point of view, he would do the, the contracts, etc. So I'm sure um, if this is true, 
we'll have somebody in the door as, as quickly as possible. If not, there may be somebody within the, the Rangers building who can take over on a, maybe a short-term basis. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because, listen, we've said it before, he's had a lot of criticism during this period with Celtic being very successful and that comes with that. Rangers are going to get um, criticism for that. And Ross, unfortunately, when players are not playing as well, um, he'll come in for that. And you can only take so much. Let's be perfectly honest, he's probably got a young family and all that, and he's thought to himself, well, listen, I've got an opportunity to get out. I love it at Rangers, whatever, even though the criticisms came, but sometimes you can only take so much. And listen, if he decides to move on, we hope he's a success, wherever it goes. But as I say, sometimes it comes to that that you think, oh, enough's enough. And I've got to go out and it doesn't matter how much you love the football club and how much you want it to be a success. And as Barry rightfully says, it'll be set in place anyway. Nothing will change there. And Rangers will only let them go at the time that it's going to suit. And it'll be a completely different catchment area they're going to compared to Nottingham Forest. You know what I mean? Sure. That's for sure the money they'll have to spend. Yeah. Even if they're not in the division, even if they get relegated, yeah. they'll still be a completely different planet there on what Rangers can afford. So it'll not be the same players that they're going to look for. So it's not as if, you know, he's going to tell Nottingham Forest about players that Rangers are looking at. And Peter, what about your old club? We've got Champions League tonight. We mentioned, you know, that, well, Napoli, Rangers were up against them just a few months ago. Celtic, Real Madrid. So Real Madrid up against Chelsea tonight. Angie's mind will be thinking to next season. He was so well prepared for this year. What do you think, just now, what do you reckon we're going to see in the next few months? Celtic adding and some people maybe leaving. Well, I think there's no doubt of that. You know, I think he'll always bring a freshness to it. I mean, the, f- the freshness for me this season was the fact in the European games they tried to win every game. They had a go in every game to try and win. And sometimes, you, as I say, a bloody nose, which happened on a couple of occasions. But I was really excited watching them. And you see how far Real Madrid have went and how good a side they are. And that's what you want to be doing as a coach, as a player. You want to be playing against and managing against the best players and to be involved in that. And that's something to look forward to. But as you say, things move on quickly, Paul. Your recruitment's got to be special again. Some guys that think they're, they're a shoe-in maybe for next year, you get surprised because you let them move on because you think, oh, there's someone else we can replace them with. And I think that's what the manager's done exceptionally well. Um, as we've been proven, we talked about O earlier on, we talked about Alistair Johnson. He's already got people in place to re- to replace the ones that he's already got there. So that's he's been brilliant at that so far, but that's got to continue. And as I say, when you're successful it becomes even harder because people want the success all the time and you have to be successful. And as soon as you drop below, it's failure and people don't want that. And that's why I think you'll change it because you've got to galvanise the training ground. Barry will tell you there's nothing better even good players come into your training ground. You can't have too many like Chelsea because that's been a, a yeah. massive problem for yeah. them. So when you're doing that, you've got to get rid of some of the guys that's out there that you think that you can maybe get money for at this moment in time and bring new guys in who bring a freshness to it and galvanise the rest of the players around about you. Somebody you've always liked, Barry, Leo Labada. Could you see him on, on the move this summer? Yeah, I think Celtic make it clear. If somebody's not willing to extend their, their contract, then he's got two years, I think, come this summer. If they're, he's, they're not wanting to do business, they, they'll um, they'll put them out the door. Because I think Abada, I mean, since he's come in, I, I think he's been a real good find. He's at a good age as well, 21 years of age. Um, and again, that's Celtic's model, bringing players in for two million, three million, and and he would probably I'm thinking what ten million pound Matt yeah, he would be looking at a badder yeah for his age and his goals it's and he's assist, that, yeah, that's yeah. one thing about him he's um, he's his goal scoring record is decent and his assists is is decent and um, he's not played I know he was injured at the weekend um, but that's the kind of model Celtic have built if somebody's not prepared to to sign up then they're shipped out it'd be interesting but to see if he would go and play in England 
physically because yep. it's slightly different that than came the up last night in the programme no, but it's, yeah, quite, sure. it's quite interesting to see if they would go there and then if you're going to like say, a Spain or that is anybody willing to pay that type of money mm -hmm. so that's why it ends up a little bit different you know what I mean sort of thing so you've got to be careful with these players because they're top players but they won't get done in they've been very clever at that in the respect that they make sure they get good money for the players that they have and that, that obviously has been the secret and it allows you then to bring other players back in which is important when you look at the business they've done in January, Juranovic was £2 million and then he shipped out for £8 million plus add-ons, which I think is up to £10 million. And then they bring Alistair Johnson for three, so it's it's a good business model. Um, and that's what Rangers are trying to, to do, which they've done with Aribo, Bassey, Nathan Patterson. Um, the only problem is the players that they've brought in, like Yilmaz, Matondo, yeah. have not really kicked on and that, that's been a, a fair bit of money spent. And then also Letton, Ryan Kent and Morelos contract run down to the, the death where I thought they would have learnt their lesson last year yeah. with Conor Golson mm -hmm. um, and they've obviously they're going to lose Morelos is not as bad because it's a million pound but yeah. Ryan Kent seven. I mean, it was seven million wow. pound it was a lot of money spent on him huge amount mm -hmm. seven million and the Jeremy Frimpong money is still around yeah. Peter isn't it and I know that's from a few years ago yep. um, but it looks as though another windfall coming to Celtic when he finally moves on from Germany to somewhere probably in England Absolutely, you're talking about Barcelona, you're talking about England, yeah. Manchester United and whatever, so all these clubs are talking about. Um, but it's so important, that's why it's, a, it's important when you're winning. Mm. You know, because when you're winning, everything looks great, the players are playing with that full of confidence. The ones at Rangers, we're not saying Yalmaz is a poor player, but in a team that's winning, <laughs> you know, you come into a team that's confident, you play with that confidence, and it's all about timing. And that's what Celtic have done exceptionally well. They're timing to getting rid of players and bringing other ones in and adding to it has been spot on so far and as I say for me as a Celtic sport obviously it's long may it continue after the game on Saturday which effectively meant the title would be staying at Celtic Ange Postagoglu praised his players I think the word is again you know it's not like they have to prove anything um, you know in all the big games uh, in every game you know they, they contribute and uh, you know they were outstanding today and you know we needed uh, the energy I mean the good thing about us was even when the football wasn't smooth. We're still pressing. We're still you know, forcing mistakes from them, and I think, you know, that's um, yeah. Again, it's a credit to the team that, um, from that perspective, um, you know, we don't drop below a certain standard. That, you know, irrespective of whether we're dominating the game or playing, you know, free-flowing football, the, the dirty side of the game, the defensive side of the game, these boys work hard. And of course, it was a day without Rio Hitati, somebody who's crucial for Celtic. He's been brilliant, Paul, you know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And that, that that's why I found it strange they'd worked so hard, unless they'd get the nod, obviously, early on, about Hattati not being available, to work so hard to stop Callum McGregor, because I think that's the difference with Celtic. They don't need, they don't just have Callum, if he's not on it, Hattati can play, O'Reilly can play. And I think that's where they, they all have that wee bit of difference. Moy never had the greatest game at yeah. the weekend, but they can play. And I think that that is the difference. Barry will tell you, if we're going to man mark Barry Ferguson, well, you're hoping then somebody else is available that's going to take that mantle because if you've got two on him, you've got somebody else at spare. That is the difference. And I think the, the thing he said there, which we always said, see if you're not playing well, make sure the guy you're playing against is having a stinker. <laughs> that was the easiest way out of him. You know, make sure he's having a stinker. If you're not having your best game, and about him talking about the press and putting people under pressure, that was a rule of thumb then. If you weren't having a good game, the guy, make sure your opponent opponent is suffering. And that's what you had to do to try and dig yourself out of the times. You knew after a few minutes when the game started whether you are going to have a good yeah. game or a bad game. And then that's when I looked at my, 
the guy I was directly against thinking right if I'm not having a good game today there's no chance you're having a good game <laughs> it's never easy is it no that's what the manager said after the game I don't know how many times I have to say this nothing's easy mate nothing's easy if anyone thinks what we do is easy um, they need to just uh, step in my shoes for a day and um, you know all this group of players all this stuff nothing's easy you, you've got to earn everything you, you, you get in this game um, it's an unbelievable run this group of players has been on and Every single one of them has, has earned it the hard way and will continue to do that. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. New Toyota showrooms at now open in Glasgow and Hamilton. Let's go! Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant. We've been taking lots of your calls. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Chelsea in action tonight at Real Madrid. And we're looking forward now to the games this coming weekend. At Ross County, Aberdeen on Friday night. Um, Saturday Hebs against Hearts Barry you touched on it earlier it's going to be some derby Lee Johnson under pressure mm-hmm. at Easter Road because of the bad run and of course Robbie Nielsen now gone four days ago and Stephen Naismith in charge for Hearts yep it's um, it's going to be a feisty encounter no doubt I watched the game done United and Hibs on Sunday and I, I thought it was really poor I'll be honest with you Um I mean, Dun United got a brilliant three points, no doubt about it. But see if they, they lose Stephen Fletcher, I, I think they would be struggling, Dun United. I'm not saying one player makes a, a difference, but he is a big player for Dun United. I was disappointed in Hibs, so that's a big one. Obviously, Lee Johnson will need the three points, and obviously, Stephen Naismith um, getting the job until the end of the season. Um, look forward to that one. We spoke about it the other day, Peter. It's. Um... It's brutal now in football, isn't it? I mean, they were, they were fourth top of the table, but I know they were in a bad run, five defeats. Were you surprised about Robbie Nielsen going? Of course, yes, like everyone else, because everybody thought how good a job he was doing in the respect. Okay, we don't watch them week in, week out. And listen, Robbie's team's not, if you want to go and watch a team that's going to pass you off the pitch, that's not the way it's Robbie's right. teams have, no matter whether it's been done United, Hearts, whatever, they're physical, they're in your face, they make it difficult for you. And they've done that tremendously well. We said at the start, well, I said at the start of the season, we talked about the top three. We talked, I said Aberdeen, I thought when Jim Good was in charge, we'd come third and Hearts would be fourth. Now it's went back to that. But it puts an extra pressure on Lee Johnson, I think, this weekend. Because Hearts, would you say, I think they've had a decent season, you know, in the respect to that. But then if Hibs go and lose this game, to a caretaker manager in the respect mm-hmm. of that, I know what the Hibs fans are like, and that's the way football is, unfortunately, whether it's in Glasgow or whether it's in Edinburgh. You want to be above each other, hibs and hearts. You know, want to be doing better than each other, and they need to try and win one of their games. You know, against the hearts, um, and I'm not sure they've got that. I think they've had a lot of changes. You, you see the mistakes made. Barry's right at the weekend there. I think they're caught in the, the devil in the deep blue. See how they want to play. You know, they, they they try to be nice, and these games are about being competitive. And we say about the Glasgow uh, derby, it's the same in Edinburgh. You know, you have to fight for everything you can get in this particular game. But it'll be interesting to see how Stephen Naismith does line up as a manager for the first time and selecting his own team. Does it change or does he continue to play the way? Because some other guys have different ideas. And it'll be interesting to see how they line up and how they play the match. Clearly they were unhappy to lose 2-0 to St Mirren at home in the style of play. It wasn't good enough, but it's a, it's a cruel game. Who's going to win the derby, what do you think? Hibs or Hearts? I'll go for Hearts. You're going for Hearts, yeah. Yep. Barry, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to go with Hearts as well. Wow. Yep. And what do you think it means for Lee Johnson? Is he under... Well, he is under pressure, probably. Does it make a difference if your oldest rivals change things? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, he's, he's going to be under pressure if he, he loses the game because I would imagine Hibs' budget would be up there. Mm. Absolutely. 
maybe round about the same as I don't think there'll be much between Aberdeen, Hearts and, and Hibs so there's a, a decent budget uh, at Easter Road there, no doubt about it so yeah but I think he'll be under pressure if he, if he doesn't get that victory and I, I just think Hearts they're obviously going through a sticky spell there now change of manager um, and I still look at if you're looking at Hearts and Hibs squad I, I think Hearts mm. is by far the, the, the better squad um, but look they need to produce it in the day but I just think yep Hearts will win that game and I think that will put Lee Johnson under a, a fair bit of pressure the big big thing will be out of two strikers really Nisbet yeah. mm. you know because he, he can score goals you know and Lauren Shanklin mm. can score goals and that's going to be important on the day because we're talking about chances and people having an opportunity to score mm. I think Nisbet's come back look really strong and physical since he's been out with his injury. I think Shanklin's are obviously he's proven his mm. goal scoring record. So it could come to these guys with the chances they get. I think who gets the chances, who's going to bury it, and that could be the difference between these two sides. They go I, I said yep. that on a sorry, Paul, I said that on a date. People have got to remember Robbie was missing his two probably most influential mm. players all season. Craig Halkett, who's his captain. Yeah. And for me, Boyce, I, yeah. I, I've always liked Boyce. I, I think he's a he's a right good player. player. So that, that's two. Probably the most experienced mm-hmm. Craig Gordon yeah. as well. Craig, Craig Gordon, Gordon, yeah. Craig Craig Gordon, Gordon yeah. as well on the pitch. You need to take that into yeah. consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, some people and I still stick to what I said. I still think it was harsh on Robbie um, losing his job. But listen, it's done now, and Stephen Naismith has got an opportunity to go and show what he's um, what he's got in the locker. So Hearts on forty-five points, Aberdeen forty-four, St Mirren on forty-one, and Hibs on forty. Um, the night before, Ross County against Aberdeen. Barry, who do you fancy for I'm that one? I'm going to go Ross County in this one. Are you? Yep. Right, okay. I'll ask you more yep. about that. I was impressed with yeah. Ross County against Celtic. Good result at McDermott Park at the weekend. I think at home, I think Malky knows that he mm. need to start getting victories. And I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go Ross County in that one. I mean, that was the problem for the Dons on the road, wasn't it? Peter, earlier in the season. Yeah, they were, they were well, it was, but you've got somebody like Duke at this moment in time. They've found a system that suits them. You know, and um, Mijatovic, is it you call the, the striker? Mijowski, sorry. Mijowski, yeah. And they've got the other boy as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think they, they play well together, you know, mm. and I, I think that's the threat they've always got because if Malky would say he'd be disappointed in some of the goals he's lost this season. So that, yeah, again, it's going to be dependent on how well Duke uh, plays, you know, because I'm not sure Ross County have got that striker. It scores big Jordan gives you a different problem altogether. How they handle him is important for Aberdeen. So I see that being a draw. I think that's one of the ones that's going to be a close draw and two teams that will not be wanting to lose the game, that's for sure. Duke Grant. That'd be a great name, wouldn't it? I mean, Peter Grant's a really good name, but Duke Grant. I see Jack's the favourite name. Uh, I heard that, that this right? morning. Yeah, the guy's yeah. talking about it in the, on the show. Oh, favourite name, Jack. Jack Grealish is he the best footballer. Anyway, that's often another amazing <laughs> run. But you're going for the draw on yeah. Friday night, so it's non-stop football. At Livy against St. Johnson. Barry, what are you feeling? Uh, neither team on great form at the moment. Yeah, and I, I think if St. Johnson don't get a result quickly, I think they could get dragged mm-hmm. into it. St. Johnson. Yeah. Um, Livingston, poor form. Bad result with the weekend against Motherwell. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough you one. You can wait till Friday. Yeah, I'll wait. Friday. <laughs> on Friday night. I think David Martindale always yeah. manages to get a result when he mm-hmm. needs one. And that's what you always think with Davies' team, you know, when they need something, they need a result. And then the Nubly, if he's fit, yeah. he's always capable mm. of producing something out of nothing. I've just got a funny feeling, Livingston, I'll do um, I win that game. What about Motherwell up against Dundee United, Peter? What Motherwell, what a job. What can we say about Stuart Kettlewell that hasn't been said? 
it's more than a bounce oh it's been fantastic and listen he ch- talked about systems earlier on he changed his system a couple of times you know and he's found one that seems to suit the players and he picks them for each game which is good to see because I think people got locked down into systems and how teams play and how you've got to pick what you think is the best for your particular team in that particular game and I think Stuart's done that very very well he's got Van Veen scoring goals obviously you know and it's it's one of these situations Dunyanity got a massive result at the weekend Barry's right Stephen Fletcher's such a player for them you know but I've got a funny feeling Muller will win that one I think it's going to be the well Barry what do you want or do you want to take the fifth amendment <laughs> no give us this one Yeah, I'm going to go with Muller going for the well yeah, that, yeah. there's clearly high in confidence and listen one in breeds confidence and you can see that it's flown through the the Muller players I still think it's a bit edgy at Dunyanity yeah. um, so I'm going to go a home win Barry, you will be back at Ibrox uh, on Saturday. You'll be looking forward to going back back home. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game um, and see, listen, St Mun, wow, to be honest yeah. with you, I mean, what a job Stephen, uh, Stevie Robinson's done there. So I said at the start of the season, I thought they would have struggled. I don't know what you think, Grant. Yeah. Um, so home form's been excellent. Their away form, you could say, has not been great, but they've went to mm-hmm. Tynecastle. So no hearts are struggling. Brilliant three points here. And they'll come and they'll have a game plan and they'll try and frustrate Rangers and Rangers will need to come flying out the, the traps and make sure that they start the game um, full tilt. Uh, and if they don't, the longer the game's on, uh, goes on, St Man could gain a bit of confidence. But Rangers have got to, they've got to beat St Man at home and I'm not being disrespectful to St Man. I think a great thing about this is you've got to give St Man board great credit. I told you when I watched the cup tie at the start of the season at Airdrie, Airdrie outplayed them and beat them 2-0 and all the fans were shouting at Stevie and for his head and whatever and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking they could struggle you know so the, the, the board stood with Stevie during that and, I, and this was only in the cup tie by the way so he was under P uh, you know yeah. and I'm thinking and great credit to him and he's responded with getting the team playing in a certain style he makes it difficult for the opponents but he knows what they're strong at as well and they do it very, very well. So you've got to tip your hat to him and great credit to him for turning it round. And as I say, sometimes that's what happens with that little bit of patience. And your scoreline, Peter, Rangers St Mirren? I'm going to go for Rangers victory. Rangers. So is it tough to keep it going when the title is over? I know there's a cup semi-final a few weeks ago. Well, we'll find out. We won't know until it happens. But it will be something, Barry, isn't it, to try to keep that successful run that they were on apart well, from the games with Celtic well, they demanded to win yep. okay. uh, on Saturday you can't think oh right 12 points that's it I'm just going to tuck my boots away for a couple of weeks until the, the, the semi-final against Celtic it doesn't work that way Paul so yep. they need to go out firing on all cylinders and make sure they put in a, a good performance against St Merlin and get the three points here's the manager Michael Beale Listen, we'll have to keep going again we know since we came in we were, we were points behind since I came into the job that's the, the first defeat in the league and we've performed really well we cut out the mistakes. I think we're a very, very good football team. I think we showed that today. I think we showed the improvements we're making. We still need to make a jump further, which we will do. We'll certainly add to the team in the summer, but between now and then, we have uh, seven league games to go. We have a semi-final, and if we play how we played today and eradicate the mistakes, it will be a very interesting game. That's what we have to focus on now. Peter? I think what Barry says there, it tells you you've got the wrong players. You know, if they turn up on Saturday and you put the boots away, that tells you enough. That'll make your decisions for the summer a lot easier. If these guys don't turn up, get in there, think we better go out here and win and put on a performance and show the fans. When you've lost to Celtic, the next thing is, or vice versa, if you lost to Rangers, your next performance was vital to show people that, 
listen, that doesn't happen. We move on, we've got to win the next game and then prepare for the next one. And that tells you the character that you've got. The guys that's not performed, they need to have performances week in, week out, because that's the expectations at the club. And sometimes that's when the manager's decisions become easy because they can see who can do that week in, week out. Maybe have bad games, but the effort, the commitment, the drive, the determination to have a good one has got to be there. And as I say, if they've not got that, then come the summertime, that gives you tip them out the door because you don't need that. You need to bring boys in who are going to turn up every week to perform. So it could go back to nine points then till Sunday at the early kickoff uh, on the AstroTurf, Kilmarnock against Celtic. Barry, what are you thinking about that game? Uh, will Celtic be preparing on AstroTurf, I take it, just to get ready for the, the pitch down at Rugby Park? Well, they've been there before. They yeah. know what they're going to come up against. Um, it's no the, the best of surface, mm. but listen, it is what it is. I'm sure Celtic will go down and make sure they're professional enough. Um, one thing, Kilmarnock's home form has been has been really good but I, I can't see past um, Celtic three points it's the home form has been the saviour really for Kilmarnock hasn't it Derek yep. has done well at home mm-hmm. Peter what are you thinking for that game well Celtic victory because I just think they've got a better all round but it'll not be easy because Derek always makes it difficult for you he lines his teams up that way and makes it difficult for you and as long as they're in the game they'll hope set plays because they're a powerful side and if you see Derek's uh, percentage of goals was a lot of set plays Um and you'll look at that and you'll think there's an opportunity for us to score you'll look at Celtic and you'd probably say they're not that strong at defending I know they probably don't lose a lot of goals but there's always a, a sort of as they used to use the word stramash round about yeah. the box uh-huh. when the ball comes in at times <laughs> yeah. they don't really deal with that first ball well and that's something that Derek and his coaching staff will be looking at thinking there's an opportunity there as long as they can keep in the game but I just think Celtic have just got too much from where it's an turf for grass It's not the surface to bring back Hatati, or is it? Listen, a lot of people make it that it's not ideal. You'd love to be playing grass week in, week out, you know, but the bottom line is football players will play anywhere. You know, at the end of the day, you have to play football no matter what you're on now. And these guys can play, unless it's one of the physios say, listen, it's not ideal for this sort of injury. But I think Hatati and that can, if they're able to play and the manager won't be taken out and saying, well, oh, it's Astro Tough, I'll leave him out. That would only become on the back of the physio recommending it to the manager that he shouldn't play on it. Peter, your Celtic team for the Cup semi-final. <laughs> no, we'll get that next week as the countdown starts to that. Peter, where are you off to this weekend? Have you I decided? Don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe go to Dumbarton or playing Bonnyrigg. So I maybe go to Bonnyrigg, Dumbarton and go and watch that because uh, young Peter's obviously at Dumbarton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been down to watch him last night. Yeah. Yeah, the, the results have not been great recently. Yeah. They've not performed that well. They've been up and down. They've won two and then they've lost two. Yeah. Disappointing, mm-hmm. you know, so... At the end of the day. So it's good to back see him playing after all these injury problems he's had. So I'll, I'll maybe go to Bonnie Rig at the weekend. Will you come back in next week? I'll be delighted. Thank you, Peter Grant. Barry, we'll see you on Friday ahead of the game. Is it shirt and tie? What is it? In the, is it the brown shoes and everything? Is it Joe <laughs> <laughs> Brooks? <laughs> He's got the Rangers top on. The full buffed Thanks, Barry. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, we'll be here with Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain, and Andy Walker. Coming up next, we're on from five tomorrow. Coming up next, it's Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. New Toyota showrooms now open in Glasgow and Hamilton. Let's go!
there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. 